Very good morning to you. It is now 16 minutes to nine o'clock. This is James Ross uh, with Money Talk. And in your money today, Carolyn takes a look at what's been happening with the development of the digital economy around the region. Uh, Good morning, Carolyn. Good morning. In your money today, I'm going to take a look at the rise of the digital economy and how the logistics industry can help power economic growth as a part of that in Southeast Asia. I'm joined now by Mike Matei and Joanne Yao, who are both Vice Presidents for Investments at Kickstart Ventures. Thank you both for joining me today. Our pleasure. Yeah, happy to be here. So first off, let's have a look at the economic factors that are at play here. And can you explain what the middle income trap is and how much of an issue that is across uh, Southeast Asia? So the middle income trap, it's a situation where a country fails to transition from a middle income economy to a high income economy due to factors such as low investment, uh, low innovation, uh, limited industrial diversification, poor labor market conditions and an aging population. This is really defined as uh, GNI per capita between one to twelve thousand dollars, and per perspective, right now the Philippines is around uh, four thousand dollars GNI per capita, roughly the same as others in Vietnam, for example, is four thousand. Thailand is about seven thousand, and Malaysia is around eleven thousand. So Southeast Asia is kind of in this like middle income, what they say is a trap, right? Now, in terms of where it is in Southeast Asia, maybe from the Philippine perspective, it's a little bit of a problem, right? Private consumption is slow, it's only growing at five percent, despite being seventy percent of our GDP. We've seen our neighbors in Southeast Asia overtake us so far. Our exports are slow. But on the flip side, if you think about it, um, the Philippines does have some good things about it. Um, we have the youngest population. We're reaching our peak age only in 2050. Our unemployment rate is low um, and our population is still growing around 2% a year. So, And from Southeast Asia, it also may not have that problem because if you think about the factors that you're thinking about, low invasion, like not aging population, low investments, the equity IRR for Southeast Asia has actually beaten the U.S. Uh, equity IRR from 2000 to 2022. GDP growth in Southeast Asia is projected to be 5 to 11 percent in the next five years. And demographics in the world of countries with 50 million population or over, only half, which there are only 29 countries with that, only 23 of those are growing and four of them are in Southeast Asia. Philippines, Indonesia, Vietnam and Thailand. So, you know, those factors, maybe there's a middle income trap and maybe not. But it's, it's interesting to think about. Absolutely. So let's talk about escaping that middle income trap and what aspects can help that and where kind of logistics fits in with that. Yeah, well, logistics is is super important, right? Without a robust logistics backbone, logistics lowers the cost of doing business and improves competitiveness of exports um, and help economies really get out of this trap and shift to more productive and more sustainable gears of growth. One, I think, way to think about it is if you like if you're a little bit of a history buff like I am, you remember the Roman Empire and, you know, the saying all roads lead to Rome. Rome had the best roads. Their roads were straight. They were paved. They connected all parts of the world together and they supported Roman prosperity and expansion. So it's the same with logistics. If you can get goods from one point to another smoothly, safely, efficiently, then, you know, uh, countries and people will uh, prosper. And if I can add and, and bring it down to the level kind of, of, I don't know, the working man or everyday person, right? It's notable, we've read in various reports that in the Philippines, for example, 40% uh, of produce spoiled before it reaches the market due to poor logistics, whether it's black warehouses, cold chain, etc. And of course, this translates to higher prices uh, for consumers in a country where the minimum wage is roughly $12, right? So I think improving how goods get from point A to point B, whether that's in e-commerce or in food or you know just manufacturing items, really will help boost the economy and, and, and support uh, you know, the working class. Now let's take more of a look at the uh, digital economy because that's obviously on the rise. And I think the pandemic probably helped spur a massive change 
there. So what are you both seeing in terms of where the digital economy is is headed? So, you know, I think macro, like big picture, according to the World Bank, I looked this up yesterday, um, the digital economy today makes up 15% uh, of the global GDP. So that's $11.5 trillion. And it has grown two and a half times faster over the last 10 years than GDP of the physical world. So just in terms of the acceleration of the digital economy, um, it has been tremendous. We've seen that in the Philippines. Over the past three years, um, our economy, digital economy has grown from $8 billion in 2019 to $16 billion in 2021. Um, and it is on track to double again from that to about $35 billion by 2025. As you mentioned, COVID was a huge accelerant. Gcash, which is the mobile wallet uh, operated by our mother company, Globe Telecom, before the pandemic, we had only 20 million users as of 2019. And after the pandemic in 2023, we had 80 million users. So there was a 4x increase in the number of Filipinos making digital payments in the country. And that said, despite all of that growth, e-commerce today only makes up 4% of total Philippine retail. So there's still tremendous headroom for growth, whether it's in our country or kind of in the rest of the world. And it's all made possible by stronger logistics and infrastructure, particularly in like tier two and, and tier three cities. That's still where kind of there's, you know, I think a lot of space. So it sounds like from from what you're saying, there's a lot of potential for growth here in terms of job creation, because to make that all happen, you, you do need people. So what sort of jobs do you think are going to be created and, and in what areas? To start, I mean, I guess, obviously, um, we still see kind of a lot of growth potential in, in logistics, in online to offline uh, retail. We are also kind of uh, making more investment, I would say, in spaces like mobility and agriculture. And uh, perhaps uh, Mike, uh, you know, has, has a bit more uh, to say uh, on, on that. But those are, I guess, some of the areas where, where we're keen to, to make more investment. Yeah, and maybe just just to just to add the description. So I think it, you know, in terms of our industry, which is venture capital, we're really looking for companies that disrupt like traditional businesses, right? And one way they they do this is they they're able to scale significantly by a digital technology, and less so by adding more labor and capex. So you know, I kind of like it's a little bit of a negative but a positive effect. So maybe older jobs won't be created. So like if you're thinking about logistics, like steel doors, accountants, brokers, bankers, but new types of jobs, right? So engineers, computer scientists. Um, designers. Because designers, right? So because it's a new kind of business that new kind of business in logistics. Now, those sound like they're relatively high paying jobs, which should then help with the problems with the economy, if I'm reading this rightly, right? Yeah, so no, definitely. That's that's true. Like rising, rising incomes changes everything. Um, I think I mentioned a little bit earlier that, you know, Philippine consumption is, is not growing as fast, but it's still part of our, our thesis here at Kickstart. One of our main main ideas is, you know, e-commerce 2.0 which is driven by demographics in the Philippines. Again, it's a young population. It, we're earning uh, a lot more. Our GNI our per capita, though it's like $4,000, has since grown. That that was a lot smaller recently. Um, and that is reflected in consumption trends. And we've done you know big investments uh, here in the Philippines in verticalized e-commerce uh, marketplaces. So Edamama, which is a mother baby marketplace, uh, Pickup Coffee, which is a uh, coffee disruptor, uh, Sarisuki, which is an agri-tech company that digitizes mom and pop stores. And thinking about consumption, but more niche curated uh, and verticalized instead of, you know, horizontal, horizontal consumption. Uh, so that's, that's, that's what we're thinking. So it's about rethinking how things work generally, it seems like. Very much so. 
Okay, well, it's been absolutely great to speak to you today. That's Mike Mate and Joanne Yao, who are both Vice Presidents for Investments at Kickstart Ventures. Thanks so much for having us, Karen. Thank you, Karen. Very nice to see you. And